this has been a long week for tech. Feeling the full force of Techtober on this week's Techie Speak. Welcome to Techie Speak, an utterly techie podcast where Julian CB, that's me, speaks his mind on various tech topics for techies and non-techies alike. New episodes pop up every Saturday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Here's the episode. Hey guys, it's another newsy kind of episode on this week's Techie Speak. It's been a long week. There have been a lot of events happening. Least of all, MacBooks, the Pixel, a random Samsung event, and some local launches here in the Philippines. So sit back, relax, and listen to all the news, all the tech news that happened this week. As I feel the full force of Techtober. On Monday, or at least Monday in the US, Tuesday, 1 a.m. in the Philippines, we had our Unleashed event and we finally got what's next for the Mac in terms of Apple Silicon, and that's the new MacBooks. So we have two models of the new MacBook. So there's a 14-inch and a 16-inch MacBook Pro. It's different from the 13-inch MacBook Pro with the Apple M1 chip. These two have very different chips. I mean, not that different, but they're very different from what to expect with the M1 chip. So both these new MacBooks can come with either the M1 Pro chip or the M1 Max chip. So everyone was trying to guess if it's the M1X or not, if it was the M2. No, we didn't get either of those. We got the M1 Pro and the M1 Max. Apple went on and added few different things that make these two new chips different. You know when in video editing, when it needs to handle different kinds of video codecs or like different ways a video is recorded with the M1 there's a small media engine but it was it was just for encode and decode now for the M1 Pro and the M1 Max there's a dedicated media engine that can handle video encode and decode to encode engines for H264 HEVC so the typical Apple formats but then they also added ProRes. With the M1 Pro, you get a dedicated ProRes encode-decode block. What that means is whenever you're using ProRes on your timeline, especially on Final Cut, that it will encode and decode faster than what you're used to. With the M1 Max though, that's where the media engine goes bananas because the ProRes encode-decode engine, there are two of them instead of just one. So the M1 Max would help further with that. Both the M1 Pro and the M1 Max also have a display engine that lets you run your laptop on multiple displays. With the M1, you can only run a single external display. 
And for the M1 Mac Mini, there was an HDMI port, so you can connect another one. But with the M1 Pro, you can support up to two Pro Display XDRs. And for the M1 Max, you can get support for three of them plus a 4K TV. That is nuts, especially if your workflow really supports multiple displays. Another thing that was added to both these new chips is Thunderbolt 4 support. I think the reason why Apple couldn't say Thunderbolt 4 on the M1 is because it lacked support for multiple displays that would reach the proper bandwidth. So that's why they didn't call it Thunderbolt 4. But for the M1 Pro and M1 Max, those have the Thunderbolt 4 controllers. So we get three Thunderbolt 4 ports. So more on the ports thing later. And so, yeah, that's basically what's common between the M1 Pro and the M1 Max. The M1 Pro is nuts because you get up to a 10-core CPU and up to a 16-core GPU. Whereas with the M1 Max, the GPU size is doubled to 32 cores. And of course, the chip itself is bigger. And let's not forget the unified memory that comes with both the M1 Pro and M1 Max. The M1 Pro supports up to 32 gig of unified memory. With the M1 Max, you get up to 64 gig of unified memory. The difference between this unified memory and the usual way we think about uh, CPU and GPU with their memory is that with the CPU and GPU, they each have their own memory. So the CPU accesses the RAM while the GPU gains access to the VRAM or the video RAM that's built in the graphics cards or in the case of uh, integrated graphics. So it's just there, part of the whole package. So with the M1 Pro and the M1 Max, instead of having a separate memory chip for that, this one has unified memory. So it can use the same uh, memory chips on the on the processor and utilize that for both the CPU and the GPU. So the GPU can potentially have access for up to 64 gigs of unified memory. That's important because most graphics cards stop out at 24 gig, like at least the consumer level or like middle pro. So 24 gigs or even 48 gig, I think that's possible. But 64, yeah, that's unheard of, even for a laptop. That should give you some idea how excited I am that these are finally here. Let's change gears and talk about the laptops that will have those chips. So yes, as I mentioned, there are two models, the 14-inch and the 16-inch MacBook Pro. They have increased resolution. I can't mention the resolutions off the top of my head. They're higher resolution than before, and they have a notch. That's right. Both MacBook Pros have the displays with a notch. It would have been forgivable if it had Face ID, but it doesn't. It only has the better 1080p FaceTime HD camera, which a lot of people have been clamoring for to upgrade the webcams on MacBooks. And I think they also... In- added a larger image sensor that will gather more light. I think that's why they have to make space, but I don't think 
that's just the reason. Maybe they're looking to add Face ID in the future, but they're still considering the options. Another thing that struck me with the new MacBook Pros is its design. It's not like the 2016, 2017 MacBook Pros where they were really designed for thinness. When I saw the new MacBooks, the design, they were they really looked like thick laptops. They were thick boys, as we call it. Don't expect it to be like very chic and slim. It just exudes like this means business or like we mean business kind of vibe. And uh, the feet actually stand out, the rubber feet in the bottom. Uh, some people point out that it reminds them of like old MacBooks with that same rubber feet kind of design. Apple is really bringing back a lot of the things that made their MacBooks popular. Speaking of, they brought the ports back. Back in 2016, those ports were gone. Like the HDMI port, the SD card slot, and the MagSafe connector. They were all replaced with this mythical port called USB-C. It kind of worked for a while, even though initially USB-C was a mess with all these standards. Let's not talk about that now. But basically what ended up happening is it really didn't serve the needs of professionals who really had to carry dongles like more than usual. Because as Rene Ritchie, a YouTuber, pointed out, some professionals don't even use the ports that... Apple included back in the new Pros. So they still use a dongle. But for most people who like just use HDMI and SD card, I think they'd be pretty pleased. On the new MacBook Pros, we get three Thunderbolt 4 ports. So they're Thunderbolt 4 now. One HDMI port. According to reports, it's an HDMI 2.0 port, which means you can't use your MacBook to run on higher refresh rate displays, at least in 4K. Then you also get a SD card slot. It's also not known what type of SD card slot it is. Will it accept faster SD cards? We don't know. This is the peculiar one. They said that their the 3.5mm headphone jack has support for high-impedance headphones. I'm not really sure that I'm not really sure what that means because there wasn't any clear indication as to, I mean, the limit to the impedance of the headphones, if it reaches so high, like near the limits or not. So that's not really answered here. And the beloved charging port in old MacBooks. I I even tried it once when I had the 2014 MacBook Air. That is MagSafe. So they used the branding for both the MacBook Pro and the new iPhones, like recent iPhones. So there are two two devices that utilize the word MagSafe. But I think with the MacBooks, it's pretty much understandable. They brought back the magnetic connector. Even the shape looks almost the same. So they called it MagSafe 3, but it's basically a different kind of way to attach to it, even though it's just attaching. But the port is slightly different but basically the same concept and i like it it's back that means when you pull the cable it won't make your laptop fall off a cliff and unlike previous magsafe implementations 
you can detach the cable now. Because before it was a problem, your cable, the cable that leads to MagSafe, is permanently attached to the adapter on older MacBooks. So it would be a hassle when your cable is frying, but your adapter is perfectly fine. So how are you able to replace that? So I'm glad that Apple thought of that and just used USB Type-C on the other end. Speaking on the adapters, the 14-inch will use a 96-watt power adapter, though if you buy the base model, you would get the 67-watt power adapter. More on the base models, because the base model is really expensive and has stuff that would probably get you confused. For the 16-inch, it has a giant 140-watt power adapter. So gallium nitride is the new charging technology, and that enables faster charging, but with chargers that are so small. It's really amazing what that can do. So I'm really surprised that Apple, despite going for gallium nitride, managed to make a giant charger. I think it's also related to how conservative they are with power and battery. They'd rather value long-term battery health rather than like super fast charging. Although the new MacBooks can charge to 50% in 30 minutes from zero using the included either 96-watt or 140-watt power adapter. Before I move on, I'll just mention the price. So the 14-inch MacBook Pro starts at 116,990 pesos in the Philippines. If you're wondering if you should be getting a MacBook Pro, you probably should be kind of a rich person to afford one or sell five kidneys. I don't know. And for the 16-inch MacBook Pro, the base model starts at 146990 or that's $2,499 in the US. And on Apple's website, you can configure up to the M1 Max with a 32-core GPU and up to 64 gigs of unified memory. And both MacBook Pro support up to 8TB SSDs. Might I recommend you don't get that 8TB SSD because it's too much. That's it for the MacBook Pro recap. Apple also unveiled new colors for the HomePod Mini. That's blue, orange, and yellow. And there's new AirPods. So the AirPods 3... Basically carries the AirPods Pro design, but without the silicon tips and active noise cancellation for some reason. It'll cost $179, or when I checked the website for Apple in the Philippines, it's 10,990 pesos for the new AirPods 3. That's pretty much it for the Apple event. I'll probably be breezing through these next few events. Because I probably want to rant more than like explain what happened during the event. The day after the Apple event, Google held their Pixel 6 event. Which they launched two new phones. The Pixel 6 and the Pixel 6 Pro. The Pixel 6 will start at $599 for the 128GB model. And the Pixel 6 Pro will start at $899 for the 128GB configuration. If you notice, I didn't say any Philippine pricing. I'm really glad that Google is stepping up their smartphone game. They went all in in the design. I actually think it looks very good, especially with their color coordination. 
they're using their own chip now, which is Google Tensor. And they actually upgraded the cameras. There are two cameras on the Pixel 6, while on the Pixel 6 Pro, there are three of them. The common between the two are the 50 megapixel wide camera and the 12 megapixel ultra wide. The 6 Pro will get this third camera that's a 48 megapixel telephoto camera that uses folded optics, as they call it, or what we call periscope lens. Then they showed off some features like a better super res zoom because they already have the telephoto camera. They now have magic eraser, which lets you erase stuff that you don't want in the your picture. So let's say you're lying down in the grass and then you see like, other people like sitting there so you can erase it after the fact with magic eraser then there's this software feature and the cameras called real tone real tone is a feature where it'll account for the color of your skin and try to tune the camera algorithm to or to better adjust the color of the skin which i hope works not just for the black people because there are other races but let's not talk about that yeah that's basically what they showed off. So both the Pixel 6 and 6 Pro. My only qualm is that only 9 countries will carry the Pixel 6 and 6 Pro. I get it. It's a logistics thing. But it's been 5 years since they started being in the smartphone game. And I expected them to do better in terms of availability at this point. Even though, number one, we're still in a very bad chip shortage that affects everyone, not just Google, Apple as well. Even other companies that use chips are affected. Even cars are affected. But they've had five years to think about that. Don't tell me they were just waiting for the Google Tensor chip to come out before they want to start taking it seriously. And it feels like they're not because although Google makes their own phones, they make Android. And Android is used by not just Google, but every single other smartphone maker that's not Apple. I'm just sad and pissed that they can only afford to launch in nine countries. If they want the Pixel to be big, as they mentioned in the Verge cast with the interview with Sundar Pichai, the CEO of Google, and Rick Osterloh, basically the head honcho when it comes to hardware, they said that they think they're a challenger now. But I still think that they can't even challenge Apple and Samsung simply because they're just in nine countries. And I know Apple has been through this too, where... The iPhone wasn't really out in every country that it ships to now when it first launched. But then the next year came and they expanded. So it was 2008 when the Philippines got their first iPhone in the iPhone 3G. I remember because that was promoted in a Globe store in a mall somewhere. I just hope Google realizes this quickly and will do a bigger availability list next year. I hope it's next year. The day after the Pixel event, Samsung went and did a Galaxy Unpacked Part 2. A few months ago, they used Galaxy Unpacked, or Samsung Unpacked, I mean, to launch two new phones, the Z Fold 3 and the Z Flip 3, along with accessories like the Galaxy Watch 4 and the Galaxy Buds 2. During that Samsung Unpacked Part 2 event, all they launched was different ways to customize your Z Flip 3 
and your Watch 4 and some special edition earphones, the Kitsune edition of the Galaxy Buds 2, among other things. That was only what happened with the Samsung event. Of course, it's not only the world that has launches. Here in the Philippines, we get our own separate local launches, which is why it's kind of weird sometimes when we do these launches because sometimes the people who are attending, like let's say media launches, they already know the product because it's been launched internationally. And so I kind of get why we still have local launches here, but I also don't understand since it's the internet. Everyone knows what the product is, even though you're trying to like tease it. Last Thursday was the Realme Tech Life launch in the Philippines. So there were new devices launched. There was a Realme hair dryer. There's a Realme beard trimmer and beard trimmer plus. The plus gets more customizability when it comes to the blades and water resistance. So that's the difference. Then we also get two new, I would say, essential household items in the form of the the handheld vacuum and the robot vacuum. You probably know what those are. But in case you didn't, handheld vacuum is kind of like Dyson where you can just hand carry it and like perform vacuum cleaning with like probably hard to reach sides because with the robot vacuum, yes, it cleans by itself. It has this LiDAR smart mapping navigation system that helps it map out your place while it's cleaning which is awesome. I actually have one with me, but I didn't do a full review yet because I only had it for a few days. So watch out for that review on utterlytechie.com. Then there's also the new Realme Band 2, which I'm wearing right now. It's actually very sleek. Uh, It's a bigger display because the Realme Band before, it looks kind of slim, but the screen was kind of tiny. Now we have a bigger screen which you can see more while you're doing your workouts, your heart rate. It also has a blood oxygen monitor, which monitors your blood oxygen. And yeah, it does sleep tracking. It actually does automatic sleep tracking. It's not like uh, an Apple Watch where you'd really have to set a sleep schedule and it's only during the sleep schedule that it can record the sleep time. So I'd much prefer the... Realme Band 2's way of handling sleep. On Saturday, which is today when you're hearing this, uh, Xiaomi is launching new phones in the Philippines. You may have heard of the Xiaomi 11T series and the Xiaomi 11 Lite 5G and E. So both the Xiaomi 11T series and the Xiaomi 11 Lite 5G and E will be launched on Saturday, October 23, 7 p.m. on the Xiaomi Philippines Facebook page. Hope you guys check it out. I can't elaborate further on what I know when it comes to this stuff. All I know is maybe you'll be you'll be just as amazed with these new phones. And that's it for this episode of Techie Speak. That was kind of a long one since I went on long for the MacBooks because Those are some of the more interesting things that came out this week. The Pixel 6 was interesting too, but it was marred by a poor embargo strategy on their part. Like, they didn't consider all aspects. Like, all of them. They might consider most, but not all of them. 
That's it for this week's Techie Speak. Thank you so much for listening. And until the next time, bye! Thanks for listening to this episode of Techie Speak, an Utterly Techie podcast. You can follow at Utterly Techie on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also check out utterlytechie.com in order to discover more of the techie life through tech news, reviews, and opinions. See you next week!